This podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Hell on Hell's podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And hello again. Hi. Hi. Welcome back to episode 63. Hello. Hi. Hi. We're here. Yeah. So, hello. Uh, It is the new year now. We are in 2023, which is kind of crazy. It is. um, New year, same me. Just going to throw that out there. I ain't changing shit. (laughs) Did you make any resolutions? Yes. uh, Me and James are focusing on paying down our monthly debt this year. That's our resolution because I'm very comfortable with myself. Well, I mean, that's fine. Uh, I made a resolution, and this is one thing I wanted to show you. So my resolution was just to drink more water. That's all it is. is I just need to drink more water. Uh-huh. And it, not, it wasn't even necessarily a New Year's resolution. It was just something that I was like, eh, I should probably do this. And it happened to happen at the time of New Year's. So I bought something to hold me accountable for drinking water. And Thank it's a tonic. It's a tonic. <laughs> I love it. Anytime that it beeps at me, I have to drink water. And that first day, let me tell you, was hell. That sounds really fun. Also kind of weird because I did the, I did kind of the same thing. I got a water bottle at Target. And it tells you like the, <laughs> you know, like 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 12 a.m. Yeah. But I, I mainly like it because it's like light blue up here and it fades yeah. down to like a light purple. Yeah, I have something similar like that. But I um, I don't use it. And that's what I found is like, I have to have something beep at me to remind me to drink water. Because if even if it's sitting right there, I can mm-hmm. go four hours and be like, oh, shit, I'm four hours behind. <laughs> and then here we are, you know. Um, I was oh. going to do a resolution to I saw it on Facebook, one of my friends. And I was like, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And it was to fold the clothes when they come out of the dryer and i was like <laughs> i am 1000% going to fail that oh yeah i mean at this point i get dressed in the living room in the morning so <laughs> not even going to attempt it no yeah no i don't i don't blame you at all <laughs> so the that's my new year's resolution so yeah that's really all i've got how was your new year's it was great. We, Were you in um, bed early? No. <laughs> I took a nap on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> that James doesn't count Jack, as in bed early. Absolutely not. I told James, I was like, wake me up at New Year. And he did twice. And the second time it stuck. So for New Year's, 12 a.m., I was there, kissed my husband. I went to bed. So it was a great New Oh, one thing, though. I think I asked James like the past two years, like, hey, do they do fireworks up here? And he was like, no, we don't do that. This isn't Alabama. They don't do fireworks for everything. And I was like, okay, my bad. I, oh my you know, God. Fireworks thought, are fun. They're a celebration. I thought like fireworks and New Year's, that was like, that was it. That's what fireworks were for. And everything else just kind of fell in line. Right. Um, guess who had fireworks? this year you guys had fireworks this year Mm -hmm. the city yep so that was nice um i did not see fireworks but i was also out of town we were visiting my grandma all i saw from the top of my computer screen was him flipping me off 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's just upset that he was wrong. Hey, it sucks to suck. Yeah. But that sounds fun. I like a little family time on New Year's. Did you have a good trip? Yeah, it was fun. So we surprised my grandma. She did not know we were going down. Um, so she knew that my mom and dad and my little sister were going because they, ha- they had to call and schedule their visit so that she would rearrange any appointments or things like that. She did not know that me, my older brother and sister were all going down. And so we, we hit it until the last minute. Like literally she did not know until they were walking up to the house. And so what we did is we, uh, we had our, our Airbnb Verbo, whatever it was where we were renting and me and my sister, we were the first two there and we made dinner that night. So my dad, during dinner time, he told my grandma, we're going to go to this Mexican place. We're going to go to this Mexican place. Oh my and God. So they went to the, the, the rental and I, before they got there, I texted my dad and said, the, the password is stampeding turtles. <laughs> I was like, you have to say it. So they knock on the door and I open it literally like they can't see me. They can just hear me. And I'm like, what's the password? And I hear my grandma go, stampeding turtles. And I open it and she's like, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. I love it. Yeah. We were going to do another surprise for her. And because my brother at the time was not there, my brother and his family. So I had already texted them and been like, Lion and Bridget, what you guys should do is uh, doorbell ditch the house, but leave the boys at the front step. My nephews. Yes. So that was the plan before that my grandma got there. And then my mom went and walked around the Airbnb really quick or the rental. And she comes back downstairs and she's like, where are Lyndon and Bridget sleeping? And we're like, mom, that was the other part of the surprise. Mom. (laughs) She goes, oh, she was just busy being a mom. She was like, no, all of my kids have to have somewhere to sleep. This is unacceptable. I was like, there's another bedroom downstairs, mom. Did you see that one? And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> Way to ruin it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, it was fun. So we surprised her that first night. We played cards. My grandma loves playing the card game golf. She mm-hmm. likes to take her money, which is fine. That's um, a grandma thing. Yeah. So we played golf. And then the next day we went into Mesquite. Um, I don't know what that looks for. It's in Nevada. Okay. So it's Thank across. You lines so we went into mesquite because they have better liquor there they have better booze and so we we literally we were texting my mom all morning like what time are we meeting blah 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 we all drove separately an hour into mesquite no one drove together we all drove there met everyone at the liquor store to shop together and then we all separated ways (laughs) we and my grandma was there she was buying stuff um we bought a lot of booze we we bought like margaritas and i bought a couple wines just to try oh and we bought vodka would you like to know what we what brand we bought yes i do because i got a lot of really fun pictures we bought effing vodka why would you buy anything (laughs) else ever we bought effing vodka so yeah so we did that and then my grandma came over for dinner and we played cards and then the next day was New Year's and we did family pictures together um, and had my grandma and everyone in them. So we did those and then we did dinner again with my grandma where she taste tested our tamales. 
How nervous were you? Scale of one to ten. I was like, Grandma, how are they? This was like a twenty. I was like, Oh God, Grandma, I hope I didn't mess up the masa. She said they were the masa was a little thick for her liking, but my family likes the masa thick, so mm-hmm. that's just personal preference. Um, but she liked them. She was like these are really good. I was like, Oh my God. <sighs> so did you get your like Hispanic pin or your title? I don't know that I've like I'm official. I'm hoping I am. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, keep us informed yeah as soon as my grandma tells me I'll let you know okay though I will say I didn't tell you this last time my uncle on my dad's side so same like my, that grandma she won't give my uncle the masa recipe or the mole recipe but I've got both Ooh. <laughs> so I gotta be like yeah I've got a Ted what now drama <laughs> And you get them one of those plates for Christmas that, like, you know, it's a plate, but it has a recipe on it. And it just says, like, a dash of no. (laughs) Two cups of get lost. Tamale recipe, a dash of no. Two cups of get lost. (laughs) Three tablespoons. Try again. Four. I almost said teacups. I don't know. I don't use measurements. (laughs) Four Four, four spoons of ask grandma. That one's better. A cup of over my dead body. Two dashes <laughs> jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so that was that was my holiday. It was really good. Our vacation time is now over though, because the year ended. Like I used up all of my uh, PTO for the year for work. Granted, mm-hmm. I had to. It was a use it or lose it. Yeah. And that's just. It was all in December. So. Are you tired really- of traveling? I am not. Um, I'm mostly tired of getting back to work. Like it's been a struggle because I've been, I feel like this entire month of December, I've been like on vacation mode and then I'm back at work and nothing's going on and it's just really stressful. So how many days in December did you actually work? 10. I like those odds. (laughs) So yeah, it was, and I didn't even use like all of my PTO for it. Some of of it was holidays. So, like, yeah. I didn't work last week at all, and I didn't work the week that I was in, um, or on the cruise, and then, I think it was 10, let me double check, maybe it was, like, 11, 12, I worked 12, actually 11 and a half, because I took a half day in there. The dream is to do that year-round. Right? hmm But it's not happening. <laughs> not anytime <laughs> soon. We can wish. I know, right? Were we supposed to shout someone out? We were, weren't we? Uh, yeah, so we're supposed to shout someone out this week. But the issue is, is that Brysa, that's me. Um, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't had time to go through and actually figure out who we have shouted out. And so mm-hmm. I am sorry if you feel like you haven't been shouted out. It's because I don't remember who I have shouted out. And that's, that's the real issue is we don't know who we have. And I also didn't check to see if we had any new areas um but if you are new i'm sorry i haven't looked i've just vacation mode is still real strong right now okay you're lucky i brought a story to the table today look i already told y'all new year same me so i don't know what you were expecting and why um but here we are (laughs) uh let's see i'm just looking at our little heat map Ooh, we've got India now. That's a new Ooh. one. 
That Hello, is, India. That's fun. Hi. I I love that you guys are here. Thanks for joining the madness. Welcome to the Thunderdome. Oh, that's what it's called now is the Thunderdome? I'm, I'm not really sure. Oh. Welcome to hell? That sounds... <laughs> on hell. <Less> than, yeah. <laughs> welcome to Heels in Hell. Nah, I like Welcome to Hell. I mean, some heels are hell. I got a couple pair. I just don't really wear those. Well, aside from our shout out, which is now officially India, thank you guys for listening. Um, I do want to say that we've got our Instagram, Facebook, all the things, Twitter, all of those are up and going. Our Twitter is Hell on Heels Pod. Everything else is Hell on Heels Podcast. You can blame Twitter for the difference in names because they're the ones that wouldn't let us put podcast. Jerks. Um, those are all up and going. We are posting pictures of all of our episodes on there. I'm going to try to post more than once a week on at least Instagram and Facebook. I don't make promises. I'm a busy girl, okay? I got work. I got other things. I'm tired. I'm not always on the computer. Anyways, point is, is that all of those get posted. Our Discord is up and going. We're working on doing some different things with Discord. So if you want to join there and come and shit talk, we always love a little shit talking. Um, what else? Patreon, our Patreon's up and going. If you guys want to join Patreon, Patreon. Wow, I'm struggling already and I haven't had a drink. Oh, um, no, that's the oh, problem. I know, right? Maybe I should tell Cody to get me some wine. We brought some home. But all of that's up and going. If you want to be a patron and donate so we can create, can create more content, um, you can go and donate through there. Our lowest level is $3 a month and our highest is $10 a month um and amanda i don't know if you ever posted the goose game or if you're still working on editing that but it was also like three hours long yeah i am still working on editing it uh i am 1000 percent gonna cut that in half uh and i'll try to get the first half up as soon as i can <laughs> listen we we got sick and shit got fucked up okay we're mm -hmm. sorry but you're just gonna have to get over it we were also not expecting to finish that game and then we no. just didn't stop. <laughs> yeah, we were definitely expecting to play for what, like an hour? Yeah. We're I like, literally oh. told James, yeah, we're going to play like an hour. And then at like 12 o'clock, he's like, why are you still awake? And you're like, don't tell me how to live my life. Yes. That's exactly what I was like. Listen, he doesn't get a say. But anyways, point is that we really like that one. I do want to play Phasmophobia, though, again. I think we were going to try to play with the guys, too. Yeah, we were going to try to play with the guys. I don't know. I'm not sure how Cody and I are going to accomplish that, but we're going to try. We'll shop it. We'll figure it out. But anyways, um, I think that's all the updates that we have. And I am ready for a story. Are you ready for a story? No, not after you rubbed your hands together. Well... What else am I supposed to do? I'm eating popcorn. I had to get the butter off from a mouse hand. That's what a paper towel is for. I don't have one of those, so I'm just using my work shirt. I was going to say, just use your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I, it's really long. It has like an extra foot of fabric that I always just tuck into my pants. So I just use the bottom. It's fine. Yeah. Also, just so you know, I made sure to feed and play with my little Tamagotchi so it didn't interrupt us during any of our stories. You're welcome. I think I thank you. And then I bet the Tamagotchi does as well. Listen, it very rarely is 
full stars on anything. <laughs> That's probably why I drink so much water. I'm like, I don't have enough time to fully <laughs> feed you. Eat what you get, okay? I'm so working. What I'm, hearing, what I'm hearing is that this is working. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, it's working. You don't have a resolution. You have a revolution. And it's from the Tamagashi. Oh my gosh. I forgot to tell you one more thing. What? But while we were down in St. George, I went to the bookstore. Uh-huh. And I bought books. And I wanted to show books? them to you. Only three this time. I'll allow it. Okay. But Cody for... must have been with you. No, actually, he was not. I told him I would only buy two. But look how cute this is. It's a bookmark. It kind of looks like fire. Yeah. Oh, it is fire. Because it's like a little Aries thing. Mm-hmm. I'm a fire sign. I'm actually technically Ooh. a earth sign too, but we won't get into that. And then I bought this book. This book. Serpent and Dove. It just sounded really good. A witch and a witch hunter thrust into holy matrimony. Oh. So that one had to happen. Which one's and the then, serpent and which one's the dove? I don't know. The witch's heart. That, Ooh, one. that one looks good. I like the cover. It's about a uh, witch. This one's also about a witch. Obviously. So you had uh, a theme. Yeah. Uh, this one does not fall into that theme, but it is definitely different. And I got really, really excited because we've talked about this story on a Patreon episode. And it's called Stalking Jack the Ripper. But it's, in, uh, it's like a romance. So it's he murdered women cold blood. He terrorized the entire city. He taunted those of us who hunted him down. But despite all these horrors, in the end, I could, den- could not deny it. I was the girl who loved the Ripper. So. She's got goosebumps. Hello. I saw this and I was like, I don't need anything else. It's coming home. Yeah. This How was- can Cody say no to that? Well, this was the third book, by the way. So I bought the other, got the other two, and I was like, these are coming home with me. Found this one, and was like, it obviously has to come home. It's 50% off, too. So technically, it's just half a book. Well, that was buy one, get one 50% off. I didn't get another one that was that way. But that's fine. That's fine. Anyways, okay, now we can get into your story. Sorry. Okay. I forgive you. Okay, thank you for the forgiveness. Speaking of books, do you read a book for this story? I read almost two, and I'm still going to finish it. Yes. They're very, very good. They are. Sorry, I thought I had it pulled up in in Amazon. So it's Who Put Bella in the Witch Elm, Volumes 1 and 2 by Alex Merrill. You can get them, I don't know, where you get books. I got mine on Kindle because. Duh, it's easy. Where you get books, like a library or Barnes and Noble, Walmart, I think. I don't know. Target. No, I get a lot of books at Target. Go to Barnes and Noble. The better. We don't place. have one of those. They have an online store. It takes too long. I want it now. Like with Kindle, I I don't I can't smell it, but I can read it right then. Okay, so you get a ki- book on Kindle. You look at Target, and then you buy via via Barnes and Noble. So you buy one on kindle look at target but don't buy and then buy it from barnes noble i'll give it a shot <laughs> no you won't it's fine <laughs> <laughs> so if you couldn't figure out by the book um i did my story on who put bella in the witch elm have you ever heard of this Mm-mm. okay 
Uh, I didn't mean to, but here I am. I think my last story was unsolved, wasn't it? What was your last story? The Summerman? Summerton? Summerton Man. Yeah. Yeah, that okay. one's unsolved. How okay, freaking well, dare you? So is this one. So let's <gasps> go. Um, so April 18th, 1843. Hanging out, doing teenage boy things. I don't know. They were in the woods. Did and you say 1814? 1943. Oh, wow. I was away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not quite. a date sticks. Okay. <laughs> I got the four. Because <laughs> there was four teenage boys as well. Oh, <laughs> that's why I got the four. <laughs> um, so there was 17-year-old Thomas Willits, 15-year-old Bob Farmer and Robert Hart, and 14-year-old Fred Payne. Bob Farmer, what a name. Wasn't it? Like, I you, love it. What are you what else are you going to do with your life, Mr. Farmer? Bob the Farmer. I'm Bob, Bob the farmer, farmer the Farmer. Yeah. He better have. <laughs> well, Bob Farmer and his friends, they were hunting rabbits and birds. Uh apparently they were poaching bird eggs. Uh, which you can poach a bird egg? Um well, not like for breakfast. Well, no, I know woods. what you mean. Yeah, they were in the woods like stealing them, uh, which I guess boys will be boys. I don't really see the harm in this as long as you're not a bird and we all know how you feel about birds. Yeah, I'm fine. Like, do whatever. It's not going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> they were in this wood illegally, though. Hagley Wood. Uh, it was a patch of forest in Hagley, a village in... Worcestershire, England. Worcestershire. I, re- I really hope I'm saying that right because I say Worcestershire, like the sauce, you know, Worcestershire sauce. I'm going to see when it was like Worcestershire. But I don't, I don't know. I, because I'm, I think I say Worcestershire for like the sauce. Worcestershire. Yeah. For me, it's just like, I think it's a couple WCs and H's. Like that's all I got. So I'm trying to actually pronounce this town. <laughs> Just throwing in letters. It's yeah. we're hoping for the best. Okay, it's not the sauce. It's the se- the city in England, the saucy city, the saucy city of Worcestershire, England. <laughs> England. I'm so sorry, Bryce. We've lost England. No, I'll I'll save you guys later. I'll butcher some American words or something to make you giggle. Oh, how about this, England? I have got my dad and little sister calling whipped cream squirty cream now. I might <laughs> I might have a new name for whipped cream now. Yeah, squirty cream. When it comes in a can, it's squirty cream. You know the squishmallows, the little toys? Uh-huh. Um, my aunt got Annie some for Christmas, and instead of squishmallows, she called them squash melons. So that's what they are now. They're squash melons. Squash. I want some squash melons now. I might send you one if I can find a good one. Oh, okay. I'll wait. I'll wait patiently. I'll only accept it if it's a no. I'll do my best. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. So these four boys, they were trespassing. But like I said, as long as you're a bird, not really hurting much. They came across this witch elm, which is a very specific tree. There's a picture of it. It's creepy. Like it, it does the name justice. It's a creepy looking tree. And they thought that that would be the perfect place to look for nests. So one of the boys. Um, 
The sources varied on which ones, but most of the sources that I read said that it was Bob Farmer. So we're going to go with little Bob Farmer. He climbed up in this tree. And while he was looking for nests, he happened to look down and the trunk was hollow. And inside of it, he found a skull. And he thought it was an animal skull. So he pulled it out. And that's when he realized there was a small patch of rotting flesh on the forehead with lank hair attaching to it. And the two front teeth were crooked. Sir, um, I don't care if it's an animal skull or not. Don't touch it. That's nasty. Okay, you sound like James. I would bring home an animal skull and like bleach it and clean it and do all that stuff if That's he would nasty. let me. But yeah, he won't let me. That's what he said. Okay, you know what? James and I are on the same page for this one. I'm going to have to text him and be like, don't ever let Amanda bring home an animal skull to bleach it and clean it because that's gross. I assure you he will not. Well, I'm just going to give him a reminder. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So since the boys were on this land illegally, uh, they put the skull back in the tree and didn't tell anybody. Until. uh, We'll just, we'll put that back where we found it. Don't yeah. worry. It's like the, the Mike Wazowski song, put that thing back where it came from. They'll just <laughs> put that thing back where it came from. I imagine I imagine the other boys were like, Bob, don't touch it. Put it back. I imagine the other boys were like, put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. <laughs> and if you guys don't know that reference, get out. Um, th- what they did, actually, this is this is real written in the books. You have to read the books. They sang that song, put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. And then they did the handshake where they spit in their hands and then they all shake hands, which is just disgusting. By the way, we're in a we're in a pandemic. Don't do that. But they weren't in a pandemic then. That's still disgusting. Well, I'm just here. Get your slobbery hand away from me. Like when you're like when you're playing Little League or whatever and you do the high fives at the end of the game and the other team spits in their hands. So gross. Listen, I've never understood that. I think that's a boy thing, and it's a boy thing I don't ever want to understand. Well, it happened to me, and I'm here to tell you, not a boy. So I don't get it either. Oh, and okay. apparently not just boys do it. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's not a boy thing. It's just a gross thing. How's that? Yes. Kids are disgusting. Is that why Andy put, Andy Annie puts her slobbery hand in your mouth all the time? <laughs> It was cereal, and it was once, and I'm still upset about it. Watch her during this podcast. Put her hand in her mouth and then touch your face. Oh, that's different. We were playing zombie. (laughs) But there was a time where I was feeding, like, she was eating, and I was, she was eating cereal, and I leaned down, and she, like, went to put a piece in my mouth, and she did, and it was soggy, and it was gross. And I spit it out, and the dogs ate it. Mm-hmm. Where were we? Put that thing back where it come from, or so help me, and then the spit hands. Yeah. So, secret handshake, whatever it was, pack. Mm-hmm. Well, Thomas Willits, uh, he broke that pack. He apparently told his dad what they found, because he was just really uneasy about it. Mm-hmm. Good job, little Willits. His dad, in turn, brought him to the police station, and he told the police all about it. So, <laughs> police investigated, and according to this book, they went immediately to this tree that night. 
And they got there and they were like, it's really dark. We can't see anything. So they left. And then they come back the next day. And when they did come back, they found almost a, a whole skeleton, most of a skeleton inside this tree. They also found one crepe shoe, a gold wedding ring, and a few scraps of decomposing clothing. A crepe shoe? Uh-huh. What is, what? It's, um, there's a picture of it also on the drive. I think it's just a fabric. When I think of crepe, I think of like that almost like crinkly fabric. I don't think that's what it was. Wait. Oh, okay. I see. I'm over here like, what? Yeah. I wonder if it was a style of shoe because it looks like just some 40 shoes. Like they lace up. I'm that typing is how they... in crepe shoe. Um, yeah, definitely not helping. <laughs> shoes sold with crepe rubber. Crepe rubber. Sounds like it's the sole. I don't know. They pulled the skull back out and it still had that hair on it. And they were pretty excited because it still had the hair and it still had the teeth. So they were like, hell yeah, uh, this is good. They, mm -hmm. even though the skull was missing a few teeth, they were able to get a clear dental pattern. So they were hoping to identify this person. Not far from the tree, they also found a right hand. A tibia, a femur, a pelvic bone, and a fibula. And they go on to think, like, these were probably just scattered by some animals, maybe pulled out and strewn around and just left there. Mm -hmm. Professor James Webster, he's a forensic scientist, or he was, he's not. He was a forensic scientist at the University of Birmingham. I don't think it's I don't think it's Birmingham. That's Alabama. <clears throat> he conducted the forensic investigation of the body and he found that this was a female. She had been deceased for some time between 18 months and three years. So that would have put, yeah, very wide range. That would have put her time of death in or before October of 1941. And the reason that it has such a wide span like that is because mainly she was outside and she was in a tree trunk that was 24 by 12 inches wide. So it's a tight little space. Mm -hmm. And since it was so tight, it kind of just sped up the decomp process. He believed her to be around 35 years old. She was five feet tall. And later they said that she was actually four foot nine. So this was a teeny tiny little lady. She was originally thought to have brown hair. But in a later interview, one of the doctors said that she could have had red hair. And just through the decomp, it just changed the color and made them believe that she had uh, a different color hair than what she had actually had. Which I thought was interesting because I did not know that decomposition would change your hair color like that. I didn't know that either. That's interesting. He believed her to be the mother of at least one child. And he was led to believe that she was suffocated due to this piece of taffeta in her mouth. And he said that it was so far back, it couldn't have just been put there by animals or 
the body, I guess, moving as it decomposed. He said that it was put there deliberately. And the taffeta was actually from the skirt that she was wearing when she died. And finally, due to the size of the trunk, he believed that the body was disposed of before rigor mortis set in. So either she was killed there and then stuffed in the tree. She was killed and transported by a vehicle. Or, this is the worst one, she was stuffed into the tree trunk with the taffeta in her mouth when she was alive. I hate you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's keep going. Um, The clothing, they later found that to be pieces of a corset, a mustard or khaki-colored skirt, a peach or fawn-covered, or excuse me, colored slip, navy blue knickers, and they specifically noted that they were made out of a cheap material, which I just felt like that was unnecessary. Uncalled for. They're a cheap material. I Like, reading that, I was like, damn, I need to go buy more expensive underwear. What if I die? <laughs> and the coroner was like, well, <laughs> this is an all-cotton blend. There's no silk here. How dare she not have silky undergarments? What and a lowly twit. I don't know. How dare you? She also had a dark blue striped wool cardigan. And the picture that you see there, that's like a mock-up that somebody later made. I think she looks cute. I would wear that today. Agreed. She is a fashion Easter. I don't know why I said it like that. Sorry. She's a 40s fashionista. Now those blue crepe shoes that I kind of three for a loop with that were found at the scene still to this day police are not they're not set on whether or not those were actually hers they have trouble believing that they're hers because the shoes that they found were a european size five and from what they said for a woman that was four foot nine five feet tall a size five would be really really big on her she can have clown feet if she wants to have clown feet. Leave her alone. Look, you'll know through the story, like, these people were just downright rude to this woman. Like, people can have big feet just because she's short does not mean that she has to have tiny feet. And I'm sorry if it's offensive that I call them clown feet, but I call my own feet clown feet because I feel like my feet are huge. I'm Though sure they're not. They're average. But. Well, apparently they did not believe her to be average. They were like, if she's wearing this shoe, she's got some big honking feet down there. And you know what they say about women with big feet, don't you? No. Big pantyhose. I was going to say big brains, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> I was going to say big socks, but pantyhose yeah. felt more feminine. It also felt like it was more suiting for the time. Yeah, yeah, in the 40s. The yeah. Big knickers. Knickers. So these shoes, uh, not only were they a size five, but they found nothing inside of them that maybe would have helped them fit more snug. They called it like stuffing, but they said that they were so big based on her height, it would have been extremely uncomfortable for her to wear these shoes. And the shoes were estimated to have about six months of wear and tear on them. They did investigate these shoes and 
try to find out what shop they came from. And they did get pretty far into this process. <clears throat> but then unfortunately, when they went to speaking to the shop owners, they found that these shoes were really popular in 1940. So I guess they kind of hit a brick wall there. From what I read, they didn't even try. After they're like, these are popular, we're over it. That's what kind of what it seemed like. Mm -hmm. Um, Based on her clothes, they believe that she was probably middle class. Again, I'm assuming they're talking about her underwear, the knickers here, but. They're middle class. They're not even middle class. They (laughs) are, they are lower class in the, what, characteristics zone. Character. They just suck. Well, it's about to get worse. Um, <clears throat> based on her teeth, they believed her to have a laissez-faire attitude about her hygiene. And that's me putting this nicely. Her teeth hey, were... Did they do it? Like, they seem to have a vendetta <laughs> against her. Like, everything with her is like, she had poor hygiene. She freaking, she had giant clown feet. Like, how dare <laughs> she not wear silky undergarments? Like, I just don't understand what this woman did. Apparently, somebody was upset with her. That's how I felt. Maybe it's because they're like, God damn it, now we have a murder to solve. <laughs> It'll probably make sense later on, too, when we get into the theories. So she, her teeth were said to be in good condition, except for a few cavities. Which also, like, who don't have a few, a few cavities? Yeah. Who doesn't have a few cavities in their mouth? One of them was apparently rotting her tooth out so bad they said that it would have hurt her. It would not have been comfortable. And that it would have left a bad taste in her mouth. What the hell type of taste would a cavity leave in your mouth? I've had some that were so bad and I could not go to the doctor. Like at the time, I couldn't afford it because anyone that's gotten your teeth pulled, that's expensive. Okay. Yeah. So, which is I crazy. Why it. is it so expensive to get a tooth pulled? Right. Like you're, you're taking pieces out of me. I, just you should be paying me because you're taking my tooth. I was gonna say that, but I still have mine, so I guess I couldn't make that argument. But you can. <laughs> she was also missing a few teeth, like I said. And when they got to looking at them, who were thought to have been lost from her top jaw after death? And they're thinking that they could have either fallen out through the decomp process. They could have potentially been stolen. Like maybe she had gold fillings or something like that. Um, one of them was also believed to have been removed in a routine dental procedure before her death. And they believed it to be pretty recent, around about a year or so. Most notably, her two front teeth were larger than average. And they, one of them almost completely overlapped the other one. For those of you listening, all I see Amanda doing is like, it looks like she's trying to do walrus tusks, but she's got them like looped in front of her face. It was, it was pretty bad. And there is a picture of it. Definitely notable. They use this info on her teeth to try to get a dentist to come forward and be like, oh, hey, I did that procedure last year. From what I found, they never said anything about her teeth overlapping like that, which I'm not really sure why. Because if they were overlapping to that extent, I f- that seems like a pretty recognizable characteristic. 
was that more common maybe in that time because they didn't necessarily braces weren't necessarily as common right i guess not in the 40s i wouldn't think so i think they were expensive i don't know that they were super common like i don't think a lot of people had insurance to cover it like we do nowadays i didn't think of that that's actually a good point well they they did for the the other procedure i guess that she had they went to all of the doctors, or excuse me, all of the dentists, still a doctor, I guess. They had to do a lot of work to get that <laughs> that degree. So we'll give you guys yeah. credit where credit's due. They went to all of the doctor dentists in the country. Um, they at least sent them this information and not one dentist ever came forward and was like, yep, that was my patient. Okay, so did the dentist do it? Maybe. Maybe he didn't like her cheap underwear. How dare you have cheap underwear in my dentistry practice? You get your size five shoes out of here. How dare you come clomping in like that? Clomping? (laughs) After this, they compiled all this info and they asked anybody who might have even the faintest idea of who this woman might be to come forward. And when nobody came forward, they started going through missing persons reports. And they went through about 3,000 countrywide and could not find anything. So to me, it sounds like, I mean, this is the 40s. They tried. Like, yeah, they might have been mean talking about her in their reports. But they it sounds like they did some legwork here. How dare this woman wear these <laughs> panties? That are unacceptable and displeasing to my eye. But we'll search for her. Yeah, sure. We'll do our job. We just won't be nice about it. Well, apparently they got tired of it. Because the case kind of hit a standstill. Nothing Nothing new was going on. Until about a year later, police get a report of this man walking home. When he noticed a, this chalk writing close to his house. And this was around March that said Hagleywood Bella. And next found in Birmingham, Birmingham, I'm not sure. Who put Bella down the witch elm, Hagleywood? Apparently, days, whoever wrote that. A few days later, police got another report of writing on a wall in on Hayden Hill that read, Who put Lou Bella down the witch elm? All of these were written in the same handwriting, and they were written written with the same chalk, too. Which I just thought was funny, because a couple sources referenced this as graffiti, and I'm just like, y'all are, y'all are so wholesome to be labeling, like, a washable substance as graffiti. I is think it washable, like, though? Isn't it? It's chalk. Yeah, but I'm looking at these pictures, and these look like pretty good pictures of these this writing. Oh, yeah. I'll get into that, too. Oh, okay. At the time, in the 40s, it appeared in chalk. So police are trying to find the person responsible, hoping that they had info on this case. They appealed to the public, but I feel like they had to have known that wasn't going to work. And in- seeing as they've done it six times, <laughs> the public sucks. The public don't care about Bella either. The public's like, who? Bye. I got groceries <laughs> to go buy. Sorry, Bella. Unfortunately, after they appealed to the public, they started seeing this a lot more. And they figure that it's either copycats or just trolls at this point. (laughs) Because, I mean, 
we are who we are as humans. They didn't have internet to go trolling, so they had to do it just in real life. Yeah, they didn't have internet, but I'll be damned if they didn't have chalk. (laughs) The original internet entertainment (laughs) is chalk. (laughs) So it kind of died down after a while, but then on August 1st, 1944, on a subway wall, they see Hagley Wood Lou Bella address opposite the Rose and Crown Hasbury. And the police are like, huh? That's specific. Mm-hmm. Okay. On August 3rd, 1944, on a fence they find written, address was opposite Rose and Crown, Hasbury, Hagley Wood, Lou Bella. On the same day they found this one, on a wall not too far away from the fence, they read, they found, Hagley Wood, Lou Bella was no pros. And like from a prostitute? Yes, like a prostitute. Which, when I read that, I was like, oh, all of this mean, all of these mean things are kind of starting to make sense if they potentially thought she was a a sex worker. I actually was going to say something about that earlier to be like, are they like thinking her panties are indication that she's a sex worker? I would imagine sex workers would have like really nice panties. I don't know. Are you sure? Because maybe they just don't wear panties. I guess that would be more efficient. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a sex worker. But I would imagine if they're going for efficiency. But if they're going for like added va va voom. I guess it depends on what type of sex worker you are. True. I just have cotton undies, so I'm not a good one. <laughs> Listen, I just whatever ends up at my house ends up at my house. Okay. <laughs> like whatever I Amazon is what I get. I'm gonna have to try that. In 1945, people kind of started to lose interest in Bella and her story, mainly because World War, World, what? World War II ended in 45. So people were celebrating, families were being reunited, people were making babies, you know, history and stuff. Until 1984, when written on a parking garage, in a parking garage, who put Bella in the witch elm? Someone is, like, adamant on getting caught. In 1993, Who Put Bella in the Witch Elm was written on the Witchberry Obelisk in Hagley. And that's the the little stone thing you see right there that you were talking about. That's the Witchberry Obelisk. And that's, like, the photo that comes up if you Google this story. I guess it's the most widely known. In November of 2020, somebody scratched out who and replaced it with hers written in red on that obelisk. Okay, who? Someone just wants to be caught. I still feel like it's a troll. Either that or they're like, hey, it's been, what? I don't know. I'm not good at math. 60 years? No. 43 and it's what year? It's 2023. Not this year, but when was the <laughs> hers put on there? Jesus Christ. 2020. Sorry. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so the hers was put on there 2020, right? Yes. So we're yeah. looking at almost 80 years. Oh, yeah. I'm real bad at math. Yeah, because another 20 would be 43. We'd be in the 40s. Yeah, 80 years, almost. Now, like I said earlier, this case is still unsolved. Hopefully we can get like a DNA match to something. I don't know. Like 
they had the hair, right? Well, they lost the skull. So you lose a skull. I still don't understand how people lose skulls. I would love to know that. Like, I know it happens often. Police lose evidence. You know, stuff gets misplaced. Oh, okay, we lost this knife with blood on it. Yeah, you lost a whole... Who lost a skull? I don't understand how someone just... Yeah, we had a skull. We can't find it anywhere, but we had it. Like, I don't... I don't understand that. Poor Bob Farmer and his friends were traumatized. And for what? For them to lose a skull. How? I don't... Because in the um, Hinterkaifeck, they also mm-hmm. lost the skulls there. I don't mm-hmm. get it. I, I, that can't be an accident. And if it is, I really hope that person was um, coached something. Maybe put back in training for a little while. Listen, I'm just hoping that that person is like, wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> that person well, is over here like, no, I, I gave that skull to Farmer Joe over here. Joe's over here like, I, I got no skulls. All I got is potatoes. And they're like, yeah, I gave you the skull to help with your potatoes. Duh. Is that how potatoes work? I don't know. Okay, so since it's unsolved, I did grab a couple theories if you want to hear them. Or if you don't, I don't care. So, yeah, I'm ready. Professor Margaret Murray of University College. London. She came out in 194 Yes, I'm sorry. Uh 1945 and she was like, "Guys, I know what happened." Okay. Uh it was a black magic execution. Okay, I love it already. Okay. Now, Professor Murray, she was an anthropologist and an archaeologist. She was also very well known to be knowledgeable in witchcraft. I don't know how you get that I would like I to do- know though. I would like to major in witch- witchcraftery. Witchcraftery. Is that how it's said? It is now. Well, her and her witchcraft self, uh, she believed that Bella was a witch and that she died as the end result of a ritual done on her, on Bella, after performing a spell. Sounds reasonable, right? Yeah, I mean, she they pointed can to Vada Kedava, people in Harry Potter, they can do it to her. Professor Murray pointed to the fact that her right hand was cut off and partially buried, allegedly, 13 paces from the body. The witch elm, she said, played a specific role in witchcraft. And she also claimed that Belladonna was said to be growing in the area. And we all know witches love Belladonna. You know, I think it's like Belladonna, Frog's Breath, and Eye of a Newt or something. Something like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Professor Murray, (laughs) she also blamed this whole thing on the Romani people who were traveling through the area, which just felt rude and unnecessary. Let them live their life. They literally did nothing to you. But unfortunately, newspapers picked this up and they ran with it. Why wouldn't they? It's because newspaper is what they do. So we love the salacious. So they kind of ran with this, and this theory was starting to spread until Wilford Jones in 1953. He heard about it, and he's like, you're a dirty liar. You have no proof. Leave those people alone. Exact quote. Okay, I like it. He started researching this, this story, and he published his findings in a newspaper when a woman named Anna. Anna? I'm not sure. I just think of Frozen. When, I'm going to call her Anna. 
Okay. When a woman named Anna wrote a letter to the Wolverhampton Express and Star, she wrote Jones specifically asking him to finish his articles, but she also told him that he would never discover the truth. She told him that the only person who could tell him what happened was dead and there were no witches involved. No witches, no black magic, none of that. She's like, you're on the right track. She did include a couple of clues in her letters. And she said that the person responsible died insane in 1942. And the victim was a Dutch woman who moved to England in 1942. Jones obviously wrote in the newspaper, like, can you like come in? Can you, I really want to talk to you. You know, can you write in? Can you meet me somewhere? And she did, surprisingly. Her real name was Una Hainsworth. And she told him that she was married and had a son with a man named Jack Mossett. And they had a great marriage. Jack was loving and really good to her. And then he kind of started changing. He started drinking. He started staying out late at night. Started hanging out with some really sketchy people. Until one night, he came home late. After hanging out with these sketchy people, and he told Una that they put a woman in a tree. Oh, okay. So she tells them that, from what he told her, they were at a bar drinking with a Dutch woman. And when they left, Jack was driving when the woman suddenly passed out. And I guess Jack was kind of like, whoa, what the hell? Is she okay? And his friends told him she died and drive to Hagley Wood. Just he got dead. No big deal. Don't worry about it. Yeah, this happens all the time. She died. You know? Go to the woods, sir, please. While when they got to the woods, they, his quote unquote friends, forced Jack to help him put her in the tree. And after this night, Una said that Jack got worse. He started acting even sketchier. He got violent, more violent than he was. And eventually she'd had enough and she took her son and she left him. They did keep in touch. And a couple years after their divorce, he told her that he kept having dreams of a woman staring at him from the inside of a tree. She literally passed out drunk and they're just like, she's dead. Shove her in a tree. Yeah, shove, push, put this skirt in her mouth and shove her in this tree trunk. Well, is it possible that if they put her in the tree trunk, legs first, the skirt got caught up? I wondered that, but that's when the coroner put in his report that it was way too far back. There's no way it was accidental. It was deliberate. But if she was alive and kept trying to catch air, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I'm just telling you what he said. Because he said because of the placement, it was specifically placed, he said, over the bottom jaw. And it was so far back that it had to have been like crammed down her throat hmm. okay i'll stop with my theories i'm not a doctor yeah <laughs> sorry he was committed to stafford's mental hospital because he kept having dreams of a woman staring at him from the inside of a tree and it was driving him mad and he had said he could not even close his eyes without seeing this woman he died Wait. when he was 29 years old in this mental hospital only 29 Yes, he was he very, was a baby. very baby. Mm -hmm. And it was said that this these dreams just drove him absolutely mad and he could not overcome it. He died before the woman was found in the tree. So it couldn't, well, before she was found, but how much sooner did he die? 
He died in, actually, I'm sorry. Um, I could not find when he died without paying for it. Ancestry.com, thanks. But she was found in 1943. And it did say, it said years after their divorce. So I'm guessing it couldn't have been more than a year or two that he died before she was found. Well, because the they said 18 months to three years. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's still a really tight timeline, but it's possible. See, the problem with this is like a lot of the, or not a lot of these. I'm going to go through three theories. This one, I feel like it kind of fits. It could. This next one is unfortunately aggravatingly short. But the last one is that there is one missing persons report. A woman named Bella who went missing in 1944. I'm sorry, who went, she was reported missing in 1944, and Bella was a sex worker who disappeared three years earlier in 1941. She worked on Hagley Road, but this is all we know about this missing woman. It seems like they just possibly didn't investigate it, because like we were saying earlier, she was a sex worker, and sometimes they are thought of as less than. Mm Mm-hmm. This, to me, kind of feels like the most likely option because she went missing in 41. The chalk writings showed up in 1944, and she was reported missing in 1944. So it feels like maybe if they did know something or maybe the people, the person who reported her missing wanted her found. Or may, well, I guess they said in the witch elm, so I guess I can't. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just thinking if she's been found, it could very well be like someone that's upset that's like, family or something that's like they didn't investigate when they could have blah 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 so who put bella you know they're trying to make a statement to police or whatever right that's how i felt about it but there's just not enough about this missing woman for me to make a complete judgment i'm just still hoping like somehow some way maybe there's some evidence left and we can like dna test it and find out who this poor woman is and stop being mean to her she didn't do anything (laughs) leave her feet and her teeth and her underpants alone right this poor woman's a victim why do you have to go about further victimizing her with your rude words your rude adjectives let's start sugarcoating things guys (laughs) amanda and i are offended by your bluntness yes (laughs) she did not have cheaply made knickers she had affordable undergarments they were realistic for the price yes they were a fair price undergarment that is my story of who put bella in the witch hill this poor lady's just her ghost is like the hell what did i do to you guys i'm the victim and leave my feet out of this (laughs) and my knickers Listen, they were on sale that day, okay? Those just happened to be the ones I bought. They were probably really popular, like the shoes. She obviously, the shoes were really popular. She obviously knew what she was doing. She was a trendy girl. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're just going to sit here and (laughs) just, these rude adjectives. Well, do you want something somewhat spooky? Yeah. Well, are you ready for a story about a tunnel? What? Okay. Are you ready for a story about a tunnel? A tunnel? Like a tunnel to hell? 
no, a, a tunnel to the other side of the river. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you took that way, way different than where I was going. So we're going to talk about the Paw Paw Tunnel. How do you spell that? P-A-W space P-A-W. Oh, that's my dad to Annie. Papa, yeah, it's the Papa. It's not your dad's tunnel, though. I'm sorry. This is in Maryland. Say say the word one more time. We say it so different. Papa, 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 Papa. <laughs> You're okay. just not putting a space in it, and I am. Like a dog's paw. Paul. I feel like I'm just country. <laughs> How many times can we say paw in this minute? <laughs> paw, 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 paw. We're just going to talk about the paw, 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 paw tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about the paw, paw tunnel. Uh, this was selected because it was very pretty and it said haunted. And I said, deal. It is really pretty. It's really pretty. All right. So in Alleg- Allegheny County, Maryland, on the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal, this tunnel runs 3,118 feet long. What? Yep. This is known as the Pawpaw Tunnel, and it was built to bypass the Pawpaw Bends, which is a six-mile stretch of the um, Potomac River. And there are just, in this river, there are five horseshoe-shaped bends, and so the tunnel is just to get around it, so you're not going whoop, whoop, whoop. So yeah. it's just like a straight shot. Yeah, that's the idea of it. Makes sense. Yeah. So the town, not the town, the tunnel is near the town of Pawpaw, West Virginia, on milepost 155.2. And that's where the tunnel gets its name from. But technically, the tunnel and the city get their name from the pawpaw trees that grow along the river. So it's technically named after the trees. The tunnel, that, what? That's not a complete sentence. Okay. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> the tunnel has been called the greatest engineering ma- marvel along the Chesapeake and Ohio. Okay, hold on. This one's a mouthful. It's been called the greatest engineering marvel along the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal National Historic Park. Is that on a plaque somewhere? <laughs> it's on the internet. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, no no biggie. So, the creation of the tunnel, it was meant to bypass that winding river and many actually a- attribute the economic success and growth of Cumberland, Maryland, to the tunnel. And that's because that's where the tunnel ended. There were actually three options. So first option, of course, was just kind of going along the river, right? To just get through this river. First option, just doing the horse bends, getting over it. The issue with this is it did require you to cross from Maryland to West Virginia. Mm -hmm at one point in there and actually it was just virginia at that point but now it's west virginia the second option was to build a dam or damming the river to make what's called a slack water and this option would have required them to actually hack out some of the cliffs in on the maryland side and of course the last option was to create this tunnel which a charles b fisk was able to convince the board of directors for the chesapeake and ohio canal commission whatever they were called Um, He was able to convince the board of directors that the tunnel was just the superior option. And Fisk was actually the newly appointed engineer for the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal Company. I imagine imagine him going into this court area meeting. Yeah, this board meeting and just being like, I'm an engineer. Cut a hole in it. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, the tunnel is clearly the better option. Yes. (laughs) 
Get some well, dynamite, blow it up, put a hole in it. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> well, he convinces them, and the Papa Tunnel plan was approved in February of 19... Nope. 1860... Nope. 1836. And it started construction also in 1836, with an expected completion date in July of 1838. So two years-ish to complete. It was anticipated to cost $33,500. And I know you're a sucker for a good inflation conversion. I love a conversion. Today, that's the equivalent of just over a million dollars. That's an expensive hole. That's an expensive tunnel. Yeah. Well, the plan for this was for it to go all the way to Pittsburgh. It did not end up happening. But not long after construction started, it became very evident that it was going to take a lot longer and cost a lot more to complete the project. So aside from just different cost complications, there were a lot of delays in the project. And some of those delays included um, after construction started, the company that had won the bid found that the Irish workers they had employed were just not skilled in tunnel work. And so they had to go in and hire English masons English and Welsh miners, and then Dutch or German laborers, just to have the staff they needed with the experience they needed. I feel like that's something you might would have, should have looked into. You would think, but the Irish workers just didn't have the experience that they needed. Hey, it's not their fault. It's not, they're learning. Yeah. Well, there was also violence between the immigrant laborers and different ethnicities, which were under this contract and that violence was mostly centered in 1838 and 1839 it was mostly between the irish and everyone else why does everybody hate the irish i don't know i don't know what the irish did but everyone there was like screw the irish i don't know there were riots which destroyed taverns they burned shanties there were a lot of rumors of men murdering other men um, there was just a lot of violence in that time frame. The construction company that had won the bid underestimated the difficulty of work. They were like, oh, yeah, we're just digging holes. We'll be fine. And then it was like, oh, we're not just digging holes. And then also a lot of time the wages went unpaid due to the company's different financial difficulties. They just weren't able to continue paying their people. The construction company was finally able to bore the tunnel through on june 5th 1940 but that was just boring boring the tunnel that wasn't even doing enough that they could open it now due to financial issues construction would end completely from 1841 to 1847 just nothing happened in 1847 a subcontract was made that allowed the uh, mcculloch and day to finish the tunnel the tunnel did not open until 1850 it was set to open in 1838 it's 12 years behind schedule i bet the people that were like you you win the bid go ahead go be free dig holes they were pissed well here's the other part is it wasn't just the construction company it was also the um chesapeake and ohio canal company that was like well we can't afford these additional costs so they Mm -hmm. were also putting stops to it like we we can't afford this Especially since the final cost came out to about $600,000. That's 20, almost $23 million today. Oh, so they bit off just a little bit more than they could chew. 
Yeah, a little bit more. It was also not the complete project. Like, this was initially supposed to end in Pittsburgh, but they only took it to Cumberland, Maryland. So they were like, we can't even go all the way to where you wanted. They only did a fraction of the work and freaking quadrupled, more than quadrupled, the cost. I bet the cities around this time, like, the cities around this area at the time were like, you idiots. I don't. Well, Cumberland was like, this is great. This is helping our economic flow. Like, it ends here. We get a lot of things coming in. Um, The tunnel opened to traffic in 1850, but the brick liner was actually not completed until after it opened. Like, they were like, yeah, we can open it. Boats can go through. But we're not done. (laughs) And the tunnel actually. terrifying. I mean, it was fine. It was structurally sound. The tunnel was actually built using more than 6 million bricks. Holy crap. At least that's what my source said, 6 million. And I was like, Hold, how did they count those? <laughs> but the cost of this project nearly bankrupted the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal Company. And in the end, it was kind of a rough tunnel, meaning that it could it was one way. Like, you could only fit one boat up and down it at a time. Like, you couldn't have two passing each other. It was that narrow. And in this tunnel, a lot of boaters could tell if there was another boat in the tunnel because, you know, they had to watch. They, it's 3,000 feet. They had to watch. And they said a lot of times what the boaters would do is say, all right, the water is actually four inches lower. The water level would be down four inches. And that's how they could tell another boat was in there. Wow. That's, that's genius. Like when you sit down right? in a bathtub. I, I just was like, all right, whatever. That's but, cool. Okay. And the boat going downstream was supposed to have the right of way. But this was often not honored. There were so many times where it talked about like boaters would get into fist fights because you would have two boats going opposite directions. It's too narrow to pass one another. And they were just getting into fist fights in the tunnel. Wait, so you're stuck in a tunnel. One boat's going in, one boat's or one boat's going downstream, one boat's coming upstream, and nobody can move. So they're just like all right, pull your boat up to my boat and let's settle this like men. Well, there's like a walkway. So you in the pictures, you should see like there's a, a, a like a path that they can walk in. But that oh. is because they wouldn't back down. There's no one that's like, all right, I'll turn around. I'll, I'll back up. I'll let myself float downstream or whatever. They were like, no, you go back upstream. Like, I'm not going like they would fight and try to stand their ground. I love this is one of my favorite <laughs> stories that you've ever done. Can you just imagine? Well, no. it yes. it is reported that some of the boatmen would start a fire in the tunnel just to smoke out the other boaters. Like, he, and what happens to you if they're downwind? But what if, like, <laughs> what if they like start a fire and they're not like the person starting the fire is actually downwind? Well, like, then how- I, I think they were smarter than us back then. It doesn't sound like it. <laughs> no, they were just more stubborn. God damn it, my Tamagotchi's going off. What do you want? You're fed? You're fine. Look, you're not hungry. You little fucker, you're getting disciplined right now. Discipline. Yeah. How dare you make me drink my water? God damn it. Didn't need anything. It's happy. It's fed. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah, so they would just like smoke each other out. (laughs) I don't know. But... A lot of people would say that, like, they would sing or play music just so that they could hear the echo to alert other boaters that they were there. Didn't necessarily always work, but they were like, 
Hi ho, hi ho! It's up the stream we go. I don't know. That sounds fun <laughs> and lighthearted. And it was so bad that in 1872, a semaphore signal was installed at the west end to help control traffic. From what I could tell, it had it was like a flag of some sort. It was just a signal to other boaters that there was someone in there. Okay. I didn't go too deep into it. I was like, sure, a semaphore. But the tunnel would go on to be used by these canal boats until the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal Company closed in 1924. And the tunnel kind of became abandoned at that point. And actually, throughout the tunnel's history, rock slides were like a really big constant issue. Like they were constantly having to clear rock slides. And this Chesapeake, Ohio Canal um, Company just couldn't continue the upkeep. Now the tunnel has a towpath and is maintained for public use um, as part of the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal National Historic Park. So it is maintained. You can't get a boat through it. You're not going in, in, it, in a boat, but you can walk through it. And you can explore with a flashlight. And it says there's a two-mile hike to the tunnel if you want to. It feels like a lot of work. Well, that was one direction. I didn't see the other way if it was a shorter shorter path. But two-mile hike if you want to go look. And when I was looking at this, the Tunnel Hill Trail uh, claims that the marker passes, or the mile markers that you pass, kind of show where some of the German and Irish workers lived along the path that we're working on the tunnel so i thought that'd be kind of cool that does sound kind of cool that's okay i might hike that yeah and there is ongoing work right now to fix some of the issues the scaling of rock on the downstream tunnel and that started in 2017 it was a two-phase project they're done with the first phase um and the second phase was supposed to start in 2019 and from what i could tell it's it's underway so they're better at planning these things now well yes okay um, now are you ready for some of the hauntings? There oh, yeah, were not let's a go. lot. Like this doesn't like that history that I just went over was not a lot, right? Like it was pretty much mm-hmm. like built, fights, done, closed, right? Sounds like it. Yeah. There were some fun little stories that I found. So there's a story of a lock keep in 1890. He was actually murdered near the end of the tunnel. The lock house was set ablaze, and that's where he was found. Um, his remains were found just charred. His skull was found smashed in, in this lock heap. And the man that was responsible for his murder was caught in a very interesting way. Um, the lock keep was a collector of rare coins and he was a very well-liked man. A lot of the people that worked on the, the tunnel liked him really well. He was well known, right? And people knew about his coin collection. Like, they weren't stupid. They're like, yeah, he's got a great coin collection. We've all seen it. The man that was responsible for his murder was caught at a local bar trying to pay using one of these rare coins. What an idiot. And the canal workers recognized the coins. And they're like, "Mm, what? And And then I imagine they just beat him. They just whooped him. No, not that I could find. The man was arrested and tried, and he ended up being hung. So... Now Somebody people, punched him before he was hung. I'm sure of it. Now people believe that the spirit of this lock keep wanders the tunnel. And many people say that he is one of the unexplained shadows in and around the tunnel. People also claim to see a headless shadow walking around, which they believe to be this lock keep. Oh. Yep. That sucks. A lot of people will also ride their bikes through this tunnel on the towpath. 
And this one woman claimed that she was riding her bike through the tunnel and she ended up super disoriented and she just kept getting this feeling that someone was trying to push her off of her bike into the water. And it was so intense for her that she ended up getting off of her bike and crawling out, dragging her bike behind her. Like, that's how intense it was. Not walking out. She was crawling out. She was, that woman paid a lot of money for that bike. Let me tell you. And she just dragged it out. She was like, let's go. I would have left that thing. I'd have been like, look, I got this at a garage sale 47 years ago. It can stay. She probably didn't want to do the two mile walk, though. She's like, I can do a two mile bike ride, but a two mile walk. Hell no. Okay, that's a that's a very good. There's also a man that says that or someone posted that they had a church group that went and kind of went through the tunnel. They were doing a picnic near the end of the tunnel. And they finished their picnic, they were cleaning up, and they said they were approached by a poorly dressed man. And this man asked if they had anything left to eat, to which the group was like, we only have got bread and beans left. Like, that's all we've got. And this poorly dressed man in response tells him, that's all I eat anymore. But I'll take it, basically. Like, yeah, that's fine. So the, group's makes, the group makes him a baked bean sandwich, which sounds absolutely disgusting. Ew. Okay, I'm glad it wasn't just me. Ugh. Yeah, so they give it to him, and then they hear a shout at the tunnel. Like, they hear some commotion at the end of the tunnel. They turn to look. They say they looked for no more than 10 seconds, and they look back to where this man is, and he's gone. He's just disappeared. And they're like, there's nowhere for him to have gone in that 10 seconds. The nearest car was 50 yards away. Like, we would have seen him somewhere. He just disappeared. Imagine if they would have, like, you give this man a baked bean sandwich and then you turn around and then you you look back and he's, like, halfway to the car running away from you with a baked bean sandwich. Well, the poster of this was, like, if there weren't other witnesses, I would think I had lost it. Like, I would think I had imagined the whole thing. But there were other people there. I would like to know what you had on this picnic to where the only thing you had left was bread <laughs> and baked beans. Apparently it was good stuff. I guess. Maybe they had barbecue. Ooh, West Virginia barbecue? Maybe. I've never had a West Virginia barbecue, but I'm going to trust you. I feel like you should. Okay. So that was that one. Um, Those were really the only few stories that I could find that were very specific. But overall, a lot of different paranormal investigators, people, they've gotten things that include like whispers, unexplained shadows. Investigators will often see EMFs or spikes on their EMF meters. And those, they say, often happen towards the downstream end of the tunnel. A lot of people hear loud, unexplainable noises. They see pictures with orbs. Um, They've gotten a ton of EVPs. And some of these EVPs, people say, it says it's saying the word coin. Oh, no. Yeah. He's mad. He wants his coins. Right? He's like, give me back my coins. Those were rare and really hard to find. And you're trying to buy a cheap beer with them. How dare you? That You should have at least gotten a keg for that one coin. Like, what? The epitome of insult to injury. Right? Um, and then a lot of people also state they have this feeling of being watched or followed in the tunnels. I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> well, like, I told you this was a super short story. That's all I've got on the Papa Tunnel. It is I like it, though. so pretty, though. I was like, I would go there just for the scenery. I like haunted or no, I would 100% visit. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Right. It is super, super pretty. 
I oh would very much, though, like to be brought to the tunnel. No, oh, you want hiking. someone carrying you. I think you're going to have to do at least a small hike. Not even, like, horseback? I'm sure you could do horseback. There's trails. Yeah. We could do a horseback. Maybe a piggyback. I don't know least. who's giving you a piggyback. It's not me. <laughs> you better ask nicely for James to do it. Anyways, it, yeah, it was really, I like I said, I was like, this is pretty, and it says it's haunted. Done. I'm intrigued. I wanted to ask, like, this one picture that looks like it's, like, orange or something on the inside, is that the bricks with the lights shining against them or something? I think they probably just had, like, their flash on. Oh, so okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That's really it looks- pretty. It's really pretty on the outside. It's really creepy on the inside. It is really creepy on the inside. Can you imagine someone trying to smoke you out of that tunnel, though? No. How? Like, (laughs) I would get into a fist fight for that. Like, how dare you try to smoke me out of here? I'm going to just tie my boat up and walk over towards yours. I wouldn't get off of my boat to get in a fist fight. Like, (laughs) excuse me, sir. I still like my idea better, though, where they're both on their each individual boats and they're just, like, swinging. <laughs> I can't even imagine. They'd have to be, like, <laughs> boat to boat. <laughs> yeah. Touching. Mm-hmm. Like, boat to boat, bow to bow, let's go. It's on. It is on. Like Donkey Kong. <laughs> it's also weird that this tunnel, while it's so beautiful, but it was just built on so much turmoil. Every <laughs> single bit, like... They had to fight to get it built. They had to fight to build it. Literally. They had to fight to get through it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, like I said, it's it's really pretty and it's kind of crazy, like, how much went into building it. Because it was a lot. Like, they had a, what, six, seven year time frame where they just couldn't do anything. And six million bricks. $22 million. Almost $23 million today. What poor man had to sit there and be like, one, two, three. <laughs> Individually count all those bricks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 5,700,892. <laughs> Damn it, quit your yelling. I just lost count. <laughs> I got to restart. I'm sure it was like counting pallets, you know. Yeah, like we ordered this many, didn't use this many, but that's no fun. He hand counted all of them. He probably wrote with chalk on him. One, two, three. And then it rained. Yeah. yeah and then it, and he's like, God damn it. Now I don't know where I ended. <laughs> it was in a tunnel. He was fine. He was like, yeah, we're good. Until there were some boaters that got in a fight and splashed water up on his chalk. <laughs> that's it. Everybody out of the tunnel. No one's allowed in here anymore. I'm that's closing why it, it down. That's why it closed down in 1929. <laughs> he had to finish counting. He's like, this is my life's work. <laughs> and I can't have you guys fighting or setting fires in here anymore. Like, we got to be done with this. <laughs> and the Ohio or the Chesapeake, Ohio Canal Company was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, we can close it down so you can finish your counting. And he's legend has it is that he's still counting. He's still there <laughs> counting. <laughs> That's our new legend, at least. Yeah, I like ours. <laughs> We've got good versions of the legends. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's my story. Thank you all for listening to Hell on Heels podcast. To see pictures from this episode, you can follow us on Instagram at Hell on Heels podcast, Twitter at Hell on Heels pod, or Facebook by searching Hell on Heels podcast. 
You can find us on Linktree by typing in Hell on Heels podcast. If you want to support, if you want to support us, please like, review, rate, share, and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support one step further so we can create additional content for you, you can donate through Patreon where we're working to release specials for our patrons. If you have your own true crime or paranormal stories or just suggestions or words of encouragement, please email us at hellonheelspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends to listen with you as well. Bye. Bye.